Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show with Wes Reynolds and sometimes Matt Humans. Here is Brady Cannon. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds as we tackle another week on the PGA Tour. And I tell you, Wes, I think congratulations are in order. You hit Justin Thomas outright. The Long Shots crew is back on the board with a winner. I had Willie Z, Chris Kirk, and Tommy Fleetwood all got there for top 20 finishes. My matchups went three and one. You went three and two. And we won our draft, topping many people in the local sports betting community. It was a nice week indeed. But I tell you what, what a championship. The second major of the season, the PGA Championship. I thought the golf course was fantastic in the way it made birdies and eagle available to the players. But double bogey or worse was always possible. And then you had that incredibly dramatic finish, the back nine on Sunday. Hats off to Southern Hills and the PGA of America. Yeah, it was a good weekend uh, for the crew, the Long Shots crew as a whole. And Justin Thomas, I felt, deserved champion. Obviously, Mito Pereira, you know, had it under control until the 18th tee when he went in the water and ended up taking a, a double and not even making the playoff. But, uh, you know, one man gathers what another man spills, as uh, the Grateful Dead sang in St. Stephen Brady, as you well know. And Justin Thomas, you have to give him credit because he just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. He shot a 74 on Saturday, went to two under with seven shots off the lead. I believe uh, data golf, a site that you and I both use and they put it out on Twitter 
1.2% chance for Justin Thomas to win the Wanamaker Trophy at the start of Sunday. And I know he was only put out at 33 to 1. So commensurate to that percentage, he probably should have been like maybe 60 to 1 or something like that. But they're not going to give you that type of place on a world class player, which Justin Thomas, I think, absolutely once again proved that he is. And there's no, it's no coincidence. And I made that observation that it's no coincidence that I think Tiger has kind of become like a mentor to Justin Thomas because who's the best fighter and grinder you've ever seen? in the game of golf that would be Tiger Woods and look uh, Tiger usually is a front runner in these majors in, in years past and not necessarily coming from behind like Justin Thomas did but Justin Thomas just kept fighting kept believing and also I think this is where and I talked about this earlier in the season that eventually at some point in a big event having Bones Mackay on that bag is going to help Justin Thomas of course he was with Phil Mickelson for 20 to 25 years most of Phil's wins with uh, Jim Bones Mackay on the bag and you could tell it absolutely made a difference kept him calm they talked through the shots you know and Justin Thomas hit some really good shots Bones gave him some great advice and you know when you're with a caddy and a player you do kind of win as a team a little bit even though you always hear the term we well it's like well it's a player that wins but the caddy certainly plays a part of that and Justin Thomas does get home 17 to 1 now he is number five in the world well we went from Texas to Tulsa and now we are back in Texas again at another Perry Maxwell design it is the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth Texas and I'm sure you saw many of the players at the PGA Championship, Wes. They were calling Southern Hills colonial on steroids. Yeah, Jordan Spieth actually uh, <laughs> made that observation. Jordan Spieth, of course, a former winner here of the Charles Schwab Challenge. Absolutely. And, and what I'm getting to here is the handicap didn't change a whole lot for me this week. I mean, many of the same skill sets, I think, apply here versus what uh, we saw last week at the PGA. Yeah, no question about it. I think uh, these greens a little bit easier than I think we saw at Southern Hills. Uh, the greens are pretty boilerplate, easy to putt on. We have seen guys that aren't necessarily great putters putt well during the winning weeks at, at Colonial, but it is a Perry Maxwell design. It's a lot more narrow off the tee. These fairways are, I believe, the fourth most narrow on tour, but still mid-teens usually wins this thing. It's a 7,200-yard par 70. Classical design is colonial. A little bit thicker rough maybe than they would have saw last week, but you look at the previous winners, it's typically ball strikers, even though Matt and I had Jason Kokrak last year. kind of bombed a little bit to go ahead and win it, but it's not, if you look at the recent winners, Brady, not a lot of bombers necessarily on that list. Daniel Berger, Kevin Na, Justin Rose, Kevin Kisner, Jordan Spieth, Chris Kirk. Those guys aren't necessarily Really huge bombers off the tee. Kokrak was obviously a notable exception. Yeah, Jason Kokrak, and even in the past, guys like Davis Love and Kenny Perry, we've seen them attack the golf course differently. Those guys were certainly bombers, but you're right. For the most part, it's some of the shorter knocker, plotter, ball striker guys that uh, put on that plaid coat after four days at Colonial. Now, while there were many similarities between Colonial and Southern Hills, there is a definite difference in overall size, Colonial being the much smaller little brother, if you will, mm -hmm. to the big beast that is uh, in Tulsa, the side of the PGA last week. But that being said... I used different correlated courses this week. I used Sea Island, Harbor Town, mm -hmm. and YLA Country Club. Last week, we were looking at big boy tracks yeah. like Shinnecock and Augusta National and uh, you know some other courses that uh, are much bigger beasts. I kind of downsized this week as far as smaller, more accurate base tracks like we have here at Colonial. I imagine you made similar adjustments. Yeah, uh, Harbor Town, as you mentioned. Sedgefield, I think, has yep. a little bit of correlation here. Southern Hills, obviously, a Maxwell design. 
design, even though there's some little different intricacies in this course. Wiley, little bit of TPC Sawgrass and a little bit of Pebble Beach, obviously being a shorter small course. Greens. About, yeah, small greens, about 7,000 yards. So, you know, if you look at previous winners, you'll see that they've won on those courses as well. Well, let's kick off our member guest portion of the show and bring in our man Paul Stone into the conversation. He's one of the best in the business at both college football and golf. He hails from Texas, so we check that box as far as the regional angle. He's a professional handicapper and sports better with Paul Stone Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. Paul. Thanks for being a part of the program once again. I think you've been here each and every where each and every year with us here on Long Shots. It's always great to chat with you and we really first of all before we dive into Colonial Wes and I really appreciate you allowing us to uh, to win the PGA Championship draft. I mean, there's not many contests in town that you haven't won, so thank you very much for throwing us little guys a bone. <laughs> Well, man, congratulations to you guys. You know, I noticed early on that you guys had the deepest team. I mean, yeah, and you know that going into that last round, man, you had a lot of guys around even par, and it, uh, you know, you could tell it was pretty much going to be the Brady West show. So, congratulations uh, on another victory in the the PGA draft. And I don't know if you know this, but in the Masters, I thought I had that thing won when McElroy chipped in from the sand trap. I lost by one to Chris, to Vegas Chris. So oh. I finished second. But he, uh, when McElroy hit that unbelievable, if you remember the sand shot he made from probably of 100 course. feet plus, yeah. I thought he's going to get up and down and it's going to be a tie. We're going to go to the tiebreaker. And he knocked it in. But uh, maybe I'll win one of these days. Well, second ain't too shabby, my friend. All right, let's get into Colonial Country Club. Wes and I were just talking about how this is a Perry Maxwell design like we saw last week in Tulsa. Did you find your approach this week, Paul, to be similar, uh, somewhat similar uh, as far as your handicap for the PGA? What were some things maybe that you tweaked differently from what you did at Southern Hills versus Colonial this week? You know, this this is just kind of a scaled-down version of Southern Hills in my mind. You guys were mentioning it uh, as you were leading in. It's got the small green, so you put the premium on the short game. Uh, Southern Hills, obviously, a longer golf course at about 7,500 compared to 7,200. But a, a wide range of golfers can win at, at Colonial. Uh, it's not, you know, we're kind of in the, the day and age where many golf tournaments if you're not a bomber, you know, if you're not hitting 325, 350, uh, you're probably going to have difficulty uh, overcoming that length disadvantage. But Colonial gives all kinds of golfers uh, an opportunity to win. Uh, I was, you know, reading about it as I do for, for preparation for all tournaments. And it's been described as a, you know, as a course with a great mix of long holes and short holes, uh, dog legs and straightaways. And then you've got a lot of challenging holes, and then you've got some birdie opportunities as well. And, and some tees, you you, uh, you know, tee shots require a fade off the tee. Uh, others favor a draw. So really, uh, a shot maker's course. You look at the the wide range of players who have won here, here in the past. I mean, Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner, both guys who don't hit the ball very far, uh, comparatively speaking. Justin Rose, Chris Kirk, uh, Racks won, Daniel Berger, just a uh, a lot of different guys have the uh, opportunity to win this week, and uh, I think it's kind of refreshing. I like it to, to be open to uh, a larger number of potential winners and contenders. 
Paul makes a good point there, Brady, because every hole is going to play in a different direction. So you got to be a shot shaper here. You got to be able to, you know, hit a fade, hit a little bit of a draw, a bunch of different shots here. I think this is a really good test for these players. But Paul, when you look at the top of the odds board this week, uh, mixed results, I would think, for the top end players. By the way, six of the top 10 in the world golf rankings are in this field. So look, you had some guys that obviously had big success. Justin Thomas wins the PGA Championship, his second major. Will Zalatoy right there yet again in a major championship. But then Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, does miss the cut. Jordan Spieth never really contended. So when you approach guys at the top of the board, do you tend to stick with the guy for positive momentum? Or do you think that, okay, it's like it's time to breathe here now. I just won a big boy tournament. I just won a major championship. And maybe you look to go against, or, or does it really vary for you? Well, I mean, Justin Thomas, uh, you know, he's coming out the, the victory, as you indicated. I'm seeing him around 12 to 1 at some uh, some shops. Tough to take him at those odds coming off such a monumental victory. Scotty Scheffler, you know, he's another player at a short price this week, around 14, 15 to 1 at some places. Uh, misses the cut at the PGA Championship. But I think coming in, he had won four of his last seven individual events. But he's not going to be hot forever, so I kind of cross him off the uh, the list as well. And even though it's a really small sample size, Scheffler, his two appearances at Colonial, missed the cut last year, tied for 55th in 2020. So not much success here in his two appearances. Jordan Spieth is a guy, obviously, at short odds this week. That's just play, even though he didn't really contend last week. Um, you know, he's just a guy who's played this golf course, just seems to be meant for his game. Uh, he's uh, His top tens, I was trying to remember off the top of my head, I should have made a note of it, but the number of top tens, like 9 of 11 top tens, does that sound right? Maybe I'm making that up. For but Jordan Speed, His history yes. of Colonial is incredible. Yeah, no, and, his, uh, so his... he's a guy of the... Go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry? Go ahead, Paul. I, I was just saying he's a guy of the players at short odds that uh, that I would look at uh, most closely at around 13, 14 to 1 because he's just played so well here. Yeah, no, his record, I mean, it's like Tiger-esque at Bay Hill or Memorial. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's his last nine starts at Colonial. He's finished top 10 seven times, and one of those is a victory. He has a couple of second-place finishes. He is absolutely the horse for this course. Uh, Paul, what about Mito Pereira? If all you do is look at the numbers, he makes a lot of sense once again this week, but are you ready to go back to a guy immediately after what he went through on the 18th hole last week at the PGA Championship? Is it going to be a really tough rebound for him, or do you expect him to bounce right back and be in the mix once again? Man, I just think, Brady, there has to be some negative residual carryover from having such a close call at the PGA Championship. I mean, he had it within his grasp, not only, obviously, his first career PGA Tour victory, but a major championship at that. So I think it's going to be tough for him to come off the deck and uh, play at that same level. I actually took Sebastian Munoz at plus 112 over Pereira this week in a full tournament matchup. So that kind of tells you where I stand. Uh, He he did. uh, It was very gracious of him to – to stand up to the media request and, and face it like a like a man and take his medicine and uh, I hope he uh, hope he can be in that position again and his response might be a little bit different next time around. 
Paul, uh, looking kind of down from the top of the board, uh, what we've seen over the last few years, at least here at Colonial, you get some middle price guys. Jason Kokrak was 50 to 1 in his win last year. Daniel Berger, 70 to 1 the year before in that playoff win over Marikawa. Kevin Na, 70 to 1. So, Anybody that you kind of look, whether it's from the middle range to the longer shots that are standing out to you this week? You know, looking at some long shot guys, I mean, his his current form, he really hasn't been playing well, but uh, Emiliano Grio here, I've uh, seen him at 190 to 1 at, uh, at Circa there. He was third here in 2018, tied for eighth last year, so he might be worth a flyer. Short sink, 11 of his 18 appearances at Colonial, he's finished in the top 22. Uh, included in those finishes are three top 10s off a pretty solid showing there in the PGA. You can find Short sink at 125 to 1. And then Russell Knox is a guy who has really fared well in the statistical categories at Colonial through the years and also has some uh, top finishes here as well. And you can find him at 140 to 1. And then past champion Kevin Kisner uh, listed at 80 to 1. So those are some guys you might uh, take a look at as far as the long shots in the field this week. Paul, what about anybody that you're ready to fade this week, maybe because of what they experienced at the PGA, good or bad, or you just maybe don't like them at this track for one reason or another? Well, I mentioned, you know, taking Munoz over Pereira in a tournament matchup, and uh, I've also taken uh, Jordan Speed at minus 107. Uh, over Scotty Scheffler this week. Uh, again, a course that Spieth has just uh, fared so uh, so well at at the past. And I think Scheffler, you know, you don't stay on top forever. And it might just, you know, not that he's going to fall off the map. I mean, he'll probably be, could very well be number one at the end of the year as well. But I think, you know, there's going to be some lulls along the way. And uh, I think the fact that he has not played quite as well uh, his last, his first two times at Colonial uh, as his overall game. I like Keith over All right, Paul. Well, so Jeff, there are a couple guys I'm fading. All right, Paul, let's uh, give you a foursome here and limit you to a four here. Who are you going to the window in terms of future prices to win here in Fort Worth this week? Now, we're talking about just the four players. Now, you're talking about at the, at the Taking the price into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, what would be your best four? If, if we were only going to give you I, four choices, who are they going to be? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, even though as far as a short odds player, I'd take speed. Uh, again, I'm seeing him around 14 to 1. Um, I would take uh, Tommy Fleetwood, the way that Fleetwood finished the PGA Championship. He's playing really steady. Uh, he's going to win again at some point, seeing him around 37 to 1. And then um, might take one of those uh, long shots. Let's take uh, Kevin Kisner at uh, eighty to one. And then uh, last but not least, uh, let's look at Colin Morikawa. I know he hasn't been playing that uh, that great, but I think at some point he's going to jump up there and uh, he's going to contend and uh, going to win again. So let's take uh, Colin Morikawa just maybe slightly north of twenty to one. 
Yeah, Colin Morikawa, of course, the loser to Daniel Berger in a playoff back in the COVID edition of the Charles Schwab Challenge. Paul, one more question for you, and we'll let you go. Believe it or not, we are just 23 days away from the U.S. Open taking place at the Country Club at Brookline in Massachusetts. Do you have any plays already for the United States National Championship or anybody that you're strongly considering right now? You know, it's not a good answer, Brady, but uh, I've just started my preliminary work, and uh, I wish I had a, a, a better answer. But uh, right now, you know, I'm, I'm just so immersed uh, conjunctively with college football as the PGA, uh, as well as the PGA Tour, that I hadn't taken a real long uh, look at it yet. But certainly, uh, Scheffler and Spieth, the two University of Texas guys, will be guys that I'll uh, – Take a look at Will, Will Zalatoris. He's played so well in the majors. You know, he's another guy that you uh, have to take a look at. And uh, Morikawa, the aforementioned Colin Morikawa as well, will be guys that I'll be taking a look at. Paul's too busy picking off those college football numbers, as he usually does. He usually <laughs> is going to have the best of it on almost every game for later in the season. We haven't even gotten the game of the years out yet, and uh, some books already putting those numbers up. So uh, I know I'll want to be on Paul's side, so I'll be curious to see what he'll be on. They also have a sign-up here in the uh, South Point Sportsbook right behind us. It says, look out for Paul Stone. We know he's coming soon. <laughs> You know, I've already bet a lot of college football uh, games of the year and week one numbers. Uh, I've got uh, legalized sports betting now next door to me in Louisiana, and uh, I've snuck a, a trip out to Las Vegas as well over the, the past week or so. So I've done. Uh, I've already got uh, a lot of action. So it's really, uh, man, it just seems like uh, the work never ends, but uh, we love it. We, uh, you know, you got to try to get the. Uh, the getting while the getting's good, so to speak. Try to get the, the early number and take the best number. So college football's really been dominating a lot of my time uh, the last uh, 7 to 14 days. Well, Paul, ho- hopefully you've got time in a few weeks to make it out to Las Vegas for our U.S. Open draft. Thanks, as always, for joining us here on Long Shots, Paul, and enjoy uh, the Charles Schwab Challenge, my friend. Good deal. Appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, good luck to everyone this weekend. Thank you, Paul. All right, that is Paul Stone. Check him out at Paul Stone Sports. Not only a great handicapper, and he'll tell you his best two sports are college football and golf, but uh, also a really great guy and a great friend. When we come back, Wes is going to go across the pond, and we'll get a look at the Dutch Open right here on Long Shots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you, and it's time to go across the pond. It is the Dutch Open in the Netherlands, and it's not a bad field, Wes. Who made your list? Who made your short list this week on the DP World Tour? Yeah, short-term turnaround because they did have this event back in September. It's now moved to the spring 2021 uh, debut golf course at uh, Krombjort, Netherlands at Bernardus Golf Course. It was run by uh, Sweden's Christopher Broberg, 23 under, uh, 265. He was at 275 to one shot. Wow. So not a lot of uh, you know background on this course, just one year of data. But historically, you've seen some big names uh, win this event in the past. Uh, the new course I mentioned, Bernardus, designed by Kyle Phillips, who designs a lot of links golf courses. Kings Barnes, which is part of that rotation for the Alfred Dunhill links. So pretty generous fairways. You're not going to get in much trouble off the tee here. Bent grass greens, a uh, little fescue flanking the fairways if you're a little errant with your tee ball. But not a lot of penalty here for missing the fairways. Rough as light. Fairways are wide. So expect low scoring yet again. Uh, Bernd Wiesberger, by the way, is the favorite in this field at 20 to 1. Uh, finished T30 last week in the PGA. Also, Adrian Moronk right behind him. Five finishes of six or better already in 2022. He is 22 to 1, as is Thomas Peters. So those are your three shorter guys. Uh, I didn't go too far, much far below that for my first guy. Ryan Fox, 25 to 1 at BetMGM, did win earlier this year at Raz Alkaima, runner up two weeks ago in Belgium, and actually was on the precipice of a top 10 finish at the PGA. He shot three rounds of 70. So he's even far going in the Sunday. And then shot a 7 over 77. Eighth on the DP World Tour for strokes gained approach. T15 on this same course last year. Ryan Fox 25 to 1. Richard Mansell 40 to 1. Four straight cuts uh, he's made. No finish worse than 30th. T6 in this event last year. Number six on the DP World Tour. Strokes gained off the tee. And also six for greens and regulation. And off the tee. 
you know, with these fairways, you can probably go a little bombs away. So I like Mansell here this week. Romain Long S, who's not really a bomber, or not necessarily a bomber off the tee, just not all that accurate. But his lack of accuracy, I don't think is going to be hurt this week. 50 to 1. Couple pairs of missed cuts this year, but T25 or better on his other six starts, including three top tens already this season. Marcus Armitage, 55 to 1. I'm going back to him. He was actually second in the last event at the Bet Fred British Masters and then had a bad round that got him, I think, down to like 20th or something like that. Almost one year ago, I had him as a tip that was a winner at the Porsche European Open at 80-1, to so maybe a little personal narrative play there. Solid play, though, here in 2022. Four top 12s already this season, seventh on the DP World Tour for strokes gain approach, and then Halton Lee, 66-1. to He missed 14 of 18 cuts last year, but he's made six of nine this year, posted two top six finishes. Good pedigree on Link Style Designs has not played this course, did not played this event last year, but a guy that has gone well on some of those events in Scotland, and that really kind of turned it around. He played very well at the Dunhill Links last year, and that really kind of turned what was a momentum of a bad season around. So Halton Lee, 66-1, to and then uh, a young German DP World Tour rookie, Yannick Paul at 70-1, to actually graduated from the European Challenge Tour, which is essentially like the Corn Ferry Tour over here stateside on his first attempt. Uh, second at the season-ending Challenge Tour Grand Final, he was a seven top 10 finishes last year on that challenge tour. He's actually the runner up two weeks ago to Sam Horsfield in Belgium at that shootout open third and seventh in green and regulation on his last two starts, sixth and third for scrambling over those same two tournaments. So Yannick Paul, 70 to one. I thought you might go the steely Dan route. You know, any major dude will tell you Oliver <laughs> Becker is a, uh, is a good shot here. Yeah. No relation and, to Walter. Yeah. And absolutely. And uh, look, he was right there. I actually had to get past him in that playoff with Adrianos a few weeks ago that went like six holes. It was a very long Sunday morning playoff there in Spain, but uh, all Rebecca, I know he missed the cut here at the PGA, but you look, you're going to see that on the DP World Tour with these guys that don't have like a ton of major championship experience. They're going to miss the cut. So if you're not, if you're thinking, oh, he missed the cut, I can't back him. Look, drop down in class in terms of competition. He could very well go well here. All right, major implications. As we mentioned there with our guest, Paul Stone, we turn around pretty quickly here for the United States Open, just 23 days away. It'll take place at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Brookline was home to the 1999 Ryder Cup. We haven't seen major championship golf here since Curtis Strange won the United States Open here in 1988. This will be the fourth U.S. Open staged at the Country Club. I believe you have one bet. You made uh, a bet on Cam Smith on every major. Yeah, yeah, 30 to 1ish range basically for him at the US Open and also at the Open Championship later this summer in St Andrews and and yeah, Brady, you're right. We haven't seen a lot here and uh, I think Curtis Strange 1988 as you mentioned. Then of course the Ryder Cup did have one other kind of significant event. And a guy I kind of like even though I think everybody's going to like him based on how he's played recently. The winner of the US U.S. Amateur here in 2013 was one Matt Fitzpatrick. Mm. So he'll probably, and people will see that, he'll probably be popular. And look, I I would like to see him. I actually did bet him after round one on an end play. That was the only end play I bet at 25 to 1, and he was right in the mix. Uh, You know, but... Hopefully I can get like 40-ish to one. I have not checked the market. I don't know if I am going to now that people can look that up and say, okay, he's won on this course before, so he's going to be very popular. But he does fit. Like, if you look at Matt Fitzpatrick, he's never going to win a birdie fest. 
No, he's a U.S. Open type player. He right? is. He's yeah. a guy that's going to win when the scoring is low and when you've got to save par. I think he, I said uh, in my column last week in Point Spread Weekly and at vcin.com, he was number one in bogey avoidance, I yes. believe, over the last yes. 24 and 36 rounds. Thomas was up there, too. Yeah, yeah. Fitz doesn't make a lot of bogeys, and he's a guy that can grind out pars, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I know he made a couple on Sunday, but pretty much everybody did, except for Justin Thomas on that back nine. That's why he's got the Wanamaker trophy. But, yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick is another guy I'd be looking at here for the U.S. Open. You know, a guy that Paul Stone mentioned for this week at Colonial is a guy that you and I landed on at the PGA, and he definitely cashed a top 10 or a top 20 finish uh, for us, depending on which market you invested in. But that's Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. We had him at triple digits, mm-hmm. you know, better than 100 to 1 to win the PGA. I imagine his odds are going to be a lot lower for the U.S. Open, but yeah, I think he's spoiler. another guy you probably have to look at. Yeah, spoiler alert. He may be on my card this week. <laughs> oh, on, on this week. Okay. Yes. Um, we will get to that coming up next in our match play segment. I do not have any plays for the U.S. Open. I'm going to dive into that this week and try and break down that course. And, yeah, a lot of the usual suspects, I'm sure, are going to make sense. But nobody in pocket yet. As I mentioned, next up, it is the match play segment. We'll get through all the plays for myself, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans when we return right here on Long Shots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. Time for our match play segment. We go over all of our plays for this week's event. Of course, that is the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. And we'll start with our colleague, Matt Humans. No head-to-head matchups for Matt this week, but four plays on the outright board and some similar names to what we saw Matt land on last week at the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Throughout the program today, we've talked about the similarities between Colonial and Southern Hills. Of course, the same designer in Perry Maxwell, and this really kind of like a shrunken version of Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Matt is going back to the will well with going back will, to the will. I going guess going back yes. to the will with uh, Wells Alatoris at twenty three to one. Obviously, a different number than where he was at last week. He was in the neighborhood of thirty five to one at the PGA. I saw him get as high as forty six to one at Circa not long before they teed off on Thursday. But of course, he's been chopped a little bit down to twenty three to one. Sam Burns at thirty to one had a pretty nice PGA in his own right. Abraham Answer had a great PGA champ. Championship. Matt is on him at 42 to 1. And then Matt and I were both on Gary Woodland at the PGA at triple digits. I had him at 105 to 1. Matt was on him at 180 to 1. His price kept drifting, but he had a pretty good championship as well last week. He's continuing to play well. So Zalatoris, Burns, Answer, and Woodland for Mr. Humans. Yeah, they they all absolutely make sense. And uh, Zalatoris, you got to think, and, and he popped on a lot of the models this week too in terms of approach. And, and what I basically looked at this week, by the way, I looked at strokes gain approach. I looked at strokes gain on short par fours, 350 mm-hmm, to 400, too. because five of the 12 are either in between that or maybe like a smidge over. Because I looked at the scorecard, there was one at like 407, mm-hmm. 408. So I think it that's d- still going to depend on where they put the tee box. Yeah, too. exactly. So I looked at that. I looked at good drives gained. Uh, because the, these are narrower fairways. That doesn't mean that if you miss them that you're necessarily DOA, but good drives gained, proximity gained, and also uh, bent grass putting. So all those plays absolutely make sense. I did not end up matching up on any of the four, though. Well, I have one that we match up on, but I will let you begin with your card for this week at Colonial. Yeah, my shortest guy, and look, if you told me, and I agree with Paul Stone, it's like if you could do like a one and done, it probably would be Jordan Spieth this week. I did not bet him at 12 to 1 I may end up kicking myself for doing that and because he fits obviously he's one here and you know nobody has better for me basically like you said Tiger at Bay Hill type numbers almost just maybe with a little less victories but certainly plenty of top fives and tens but shortest guy ended up on actually a little bit off the radar because he hasn't really featured over the last month and a half or so and that's Victor Hovland Mm -hmm. at 22 to 1 looking for that first victory on American soil didn't get it in his adopted state of open Oklahoma, where he still lives in Stillwater last week, but drifted north of 20 to 1. And keep in mind, less than two months ago, this guy was number three in the world. Mm -hmm. So he's not that far removed from good play. Leads the field for strokes gain approach over the last 36 rounds. So when a guy is really good at his irons at Colonial, I tend to like it. And plus, we know his game around the green isn't the most tidy, but on these greens, 
they're pretty easy to putt on. They're a lot easier to putt on this Perry Maxwell design than Southern Hills certainly was last week. So I think he will like that. And we've seen some shaky putters either win or come close to winning here over the last few years. Colin Marikawa, certainly. Hideki Matsuyama. So we've seen those guys be able to do that. So Victor Hovland, 22 to 1. Mentioned Tommy Fleetwood earlier, 40 to 1. Tied for the low round of 67 on Sunday with. Justin Thomas, also Kevin Streelman, posted an early 67, has never played here at Colonial, so I worry about that trend. And let me give that trend yeah, in context it's, uh, here. Like uh, I think uh, since Sergio Garcia on debut, which, yeah. which I thought was like 2001 or yeah. maybe 98, or yeah. but yeah, it's it's very it, it has some similarities with Augusta. Not only the Maxwell influence, but those are the two longest running tournaments at the mm-hmm. same golf course on the PGA Tour, and also you very rarely ever see a debutante win the Masters. Yeah, absolutely. A couple that I found here of the last 12 winners, only Berger in 2021 and Adam Scott in 2014 had fewer than three career starts at Colonial, so experience has mattered. Of course, Tommy Fleetwood, I mentioned, is making his debut. And also about the age other than Berger in uh, in uh, 2020 and Spieth in 2016, 17 of the last 19 winners at Colonial have been over the age of 30. So after Tommy Fleetwood, that'll be a theme for the rest of my card. But I did mention Fleetwood 40 to one gain on all strokes in all phases at the PGA. I think this is a course that really could fit him well. I think he's about to get something big here. Uh, nice round that rallied him to a T5, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was three under par after 72 holes last week at the PGA. So he seems to be coming along. Webb Simpson, who I got at 41-1, to 1, and he's anywhere, I think, in the mid-30s to about 40 range. That's a big drift for a guy. I know he hadn't played that well lately, and he's had some injuries, but he shot 65 on Saturday at the PGA in the most difficult conditions of the week. A Sunday 72 dropped him to a tie for 20th, but game showing signs of life for the first time this year. He actually did have an equipment change. He was using those Titleist blade irons, and he went to the T100s, which he said were better out of the rough. Gave him more distance control, helped him with some of the miss hits, a little bit more forgiving. He's got good finishes here at Colonial, too. Third and fifth here in 2016 and 2017. And also, he seems to show up on these shorter courses like Sedgefield, like Harbortown. He won the players at TPC Sawgrass. Good form at Wiley. He's always been in the mix. I don't think he's ever won the Sony Open, but he's always kind of been up there, first page of the leaderboard. Chris Kirk, 50-1, to T5 last week's PGA. Great call by you, by the way. I think you got him, like, north of 300-1, to and the guy ends up in the top five because he was third in the field for strokes gained T to green. Another good fit here and also a former champion here, 2015. Performs well on the correlating courses. Got two runners-up, by the way, at Wiley for that Sony Open. A runner-up at Pebble Beach. Leads the field over the last 36 round on those short part fours, 350 to 400 yards, five on the course this week. Three top sevens this year, including last week at the PGA. Another veteran that has won here that I am on this week, and he won it back in 2018, Justin Rose, 65 to 1. He was T13 at the PGA last week, but he was top 10 for greens and regulation and on strokes gain approach. Also led the field on approach when he won that victory here at Colonial in 2018. My local angle this week, uh, I know the predictable ones are always Speeth and Zalatoris and Scheffler when you're in the state of Texas. I went a little down the board. 
and one that's been good to us from earlier this season uh, because we were on him for Pebble Beach, that would be Tom Hoagie, 70-1. to Bit of a home game. He's a Fargo, North Dakota boy, so he's not a Texas native, doesn't live in Texas, but played his collegiate golf in Fort Worth at TCU, which is only about a few miles away from Colonial Country Club, and uh, has probably played this course, I'm sure, plenty of times. Doesn't have a lot of great form, necessarily, in the events that he's played here, but was ninth last week at the PGA, really good iron play, third on approach, also won that maiden earlier this year at Pebble Beach, which has some correlations here. And then my long shot, and I got to give credit to our guest last week, Dave Tyndall, who actually hit this last year at the RBC Heritage. And Paul Stone mentioned him earlier, Stuart Sink, mm-hmm. 125 to 1. And I did not know this until I looked at the records, and I was like, wow, and it just kind of hit you. Stuart Sink's got eight career PGA Tour wins, including when he won that Open against Tom Watson at Turnberry. Six of those eight PGA Tour wins have come the week after playing a major. It's an incredible story. Yeah, three times at Harbortown at the RBC Heritage, which, of course, follows the Masters. Uh, At River Highlands, uh, one time at River Highlands, this back in 97, was actually, I believe, after the Open Championship. And then 2008 at River Highlands was right after the U.S. Open. And then 04 at Firestone for that old uh, NEC Invitational, that WGC event, that was after the PGA that year. So, you know, disappointing finish of T25 last week. Keep in mind... He was grouped with Justin Thomas on Sunday. Yeah. We forgot about him because he shot 74 after he was T7 after 54 holes and ended up tied for 25th. Uh, 12 top 25s are better here, including a runner-up back in 2000. So I'm going to play the Dave Tyndall angle and go Stuart Sink, 125-1. to Well, and he looks good in a plaid jacket. You mentioned those three wins. He does because he's got enough Town. of them from the RBC Heritage. <laughs> All right, so uh, I did go back to the will as well. I landed on Zalatoris this week like Matt Eumann did 25 to one uh, not much history with the correlated courses because he's so young as far as his PGA Tour career but in four of his last five starts he's finished fifth sixth fourth and second and I don't think it really hurts what he did last week and coming up short in a playoff. I rather think this guy was pretty motivated by that, you know, as opposed to Mito Pereira, who, mm-hmm. who's probably just, you know, so decimated by that Zalatoris injury. Zalatoris has more scar tissue, I think, to get Certainly over. does. And, and, and I think, and, and we also saw his post-game interview uh, after that loss in the playoff to JT. He was extremely positive, and he said, you know, he's all, I have no problem. I'm going to get one of these. And, and I think he picks up up where he left off this week, and I, I think he'll be just fine. Like you mentioned, he, he of course pops in all the stats that we look at this week, and I think uh, not only being a good fit for Southern Hills, we've talked about the similarities with Colonial, I think he's going to be a good fit again this week. Uh, Kevin Na, I got it 48-1, to one, a former winner here at Colonial, along with four other top ten finishes at the Charles Schwab. He's a winner at the Sony, we talked about the correlation to YLA, along with three additional top tens at the Sony as well. He's also got five top 10 finishes at Harbortown. I'm with you on Chris Kirk, 50 to one, tremendous last week over the PGA. I think the, uh, I think the form will carry over to, again, a course that is very similar. You mentioned the tremendous record at YLA. Uh, he's also won here at Colonial. In addition to that, also has five top uh, 16 finishes at the Colonial. Seventh at Harbortown last year. He also has a win at Sea Island, which is another correlated course that I use 
issues this week. Also has five additional top 20 finishes at Sea Island. Billy Horschel at 50 to 1. I think he should be a good fit here. You know, the course was probably a little bit too much for him last week as far as the length and whatnot, but we scale it down a little bit. That should work well for Billy Horschel. He's got top 10 finishes at Sea Island and Harbortown and YLA. He was fifth in the field for the par fours, Wes. You mentioned in the 350 to 400 yard range. So Billy Horschel made sense to me at 50 to 1. Uh, Paul Stone mentioned Sebastian Munoz as a play he took in a head-to-head matchup. I went ahead and grabbed him outright at 60-1. to He was Mm -hmm. third here last year at Colonial. He's got two third-place finishes at Sea Island and a tenth at the Sony. He's 22nd in the field on approach and ninth in greens and regulation. He's one of those handful of guys that I ended up leaving off that obviously is a possibility for an in-play, but I would not be shocked to see Sebastian Munoz be up there on the first page. He's been playing very well lately. We mentioned or we remember the uh, first-round leader that he got home for a lot of people in the Byron Nelson just a couple weeks ago in this same state of Texas. I'm with you on Tom Hoagie. I got him at 66-1, to and that was the same number I got when we won with him at Pebble Beach. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping maybe that uh, carries over. I'd certainly take uh, a repeat offender at 66-1. to 1. He was 17th at Colonial last year, 4th at Sea Island. He's got a 12th and a 3rd at YLA. He was 9th just last week at Southern Hills, 13th in the field on approach, very accurate off the tee, excellent in proximity to the hole from 125 to 175 yards. And we talked about the similarity with Pebble Beach as far as the small all greens where of course Hoagie won earlier this season and then one big long bomb and that is Nate Lashley at 175 to 1. He popped a little bit on some of my stats he this did, week as he? well. Yes. And, and that's the same thing that happened to me with Chris Kirk. He started popping up in all of my research and I'm like 350 to 1. I'm going to grab him. Same thing here with Nat, uh, Nate Lashley. Grabbed him at 175 to 1 and I've even seen 200 to 1 at Circa after I had already bet him. Uh, nothing crazy for Lashley on the comp courses but he was 32nd here last year at Colonial. 17th two weeks ago at the Byron Nelson. 11th at Vidanta in Mexico, 18th at the Valero last month, 21st in the field on approach, 25th on the par fours, and 14th in greens in regulation. Also very accurate off the tee is Nate Lashley. And then finally, four head-to-head matchups, and I'm kind of going against a couple of your guys here. I took Tommy Fleetwood at plus 115 over Webb Simpson. I thought that was a really odd price. Uh, Chris Kirk uh, basically in a pick at minus 110 over Brian Harmon. Kevin Na laying a bit of a price here, minus 140 over Patrick Reed. And then Willie Zalatoris. I thought this number was crazy too. Willie Z at plus 135 over Victor Hovland. Yeah, I, I have uh, four matchups as well. Uh, went with uh, Sun J.M., minus 125 over Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger, I still think, is dealing with injury. He played very very can't poorly. figure him out, man. Last I've been week on and, him a couple times, and yeah. he has not come through. And I've seen Sun J.M. get some support in the market in terms of on the futures market. Keep in mind, he was not able to play in the PGA Championship due to COVID-19 protocols. He played an event over in Korea, I believe, a couple weeks before and had to miss last week. So uh, Sun J.M. against Daniel Berger, I think maybe that's kind of picking on Berger a little bit because I don't know if he's 100% healthy. Tony Finau minus $1.25 over Max Homa. Taylor Gooch minus 120 
20 over the defending champion, Jason Kokrak, who really hasn't been in great form. His putting has still been excellent. He was actually number one this week on strokes gained bent grass putting last 36 and last 24. But I think you got to do more than putt to be able to win this week. And then I do have Hovland minus 110 over Colin Marikawa. All right, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Long Shots. Next week, we go to Jack's Place in Dublin, Ohio for the Memorial, and Will Gray of NBC Sports will join us to preview the Memorial. Enjoy Colonial. You know these guys are going to hit some long shots. Hopefully we do too. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.